When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor and I am here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and drink the Kool-Aid with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Huns to Humans. I'm Danielle, and I have a super special guest today. It is the one and only Plexi Bestie. That's actually not true. We called a lot of people Plexi Besties, (laughs) but she was the first person that I ever called Plexi Bestie. (laughs) So um, this is my friend, Emma, and I'm so excited for her to share her story and for us to talk about um, our Plexus experience together. Um, if you would like to share your story, please find me on Instagram at from Huns to humans. Um, it's a little underscore in between each word, or you can email me at from Huns to humans on gmail.com and we can get you scheduled in my planner to do an episode and it will be super fun. And yeah. All right, Emma go for it. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, Yeah, so my name is Emma, and I met Danielle through Plexus, through my first cult. Um, Trauma bonding. Yeah, (laughs) trauma bonding. Exactly. Oh, my God. It's that's exactly what it is um and it's it's funny (laughs) that that's the way you word it because it's the bonding that we do in these cults um it's really really nice to not only have community outside of that like when you leave and have community to lean into but like when it's the people that you connected with in it that you're able to connect with outside of it um for me anyways I'm just really appreciative that I have Danielle to like kind of process all of this through um I think I left mine a good six months or so my last one um I did go on to another one after after Plexus I left my last one a couple months before Danielle did but it's just been really nice since she's left and we've been able to like process this together and um, just kind of work through some of it. Uh, it's and I think I talked about this a little bit in my episode, but you were really the one that like showed me that it was a cult. Like when I was like, oh, like I'm done. Like, this is just too much. I was just kind of like, that was where I was. I was just like, this is too much. Like, this isn't good for me. Like, I'm not like, it's, it's just too much and too much pressure and all of this stuff and then when we talked and you're like yeah I'm like really into anti-MLM now and I was like 
show me everything (laughs) well I think I think that's like a multi-step process that most of us anyways go through as we're leaving is for me there's a whole backstory to my leaving and whether that fits in today or another time it's quite intense so we can talk about that at some point but for me it was like a multi-step process of first I hadn't unlearned that it wasn't my fault (laughs) so the first step was (laughs) me being like okay well this is still a good thing that works for some people it's just not for me I just couldn't make it work right right like yes but I didn't work hard enough I didn't work hard enough I didn't have enough time I didn't do all the things that I was supposed to do even though I did (laughs) like 20 to 30 hours a week I'm putting into this side hustle Uh, the nooks and crannies of my week (laughs) became my entire life yeah um yeah so it's this initial realization that like oh okay well other people can still make this work I just couldn't do it but I still love the products and I still have some customers like I'm just not going to post about it anymore And so it's like, I'm still going to order my stuff. And then I'm going to, you know, let my customers. And if somebody asks me about it, I'll answer, but I'm not going to like do my reach outs and do my consistent posting and uh, certainly not going to recruit. I had backed off of recruiting quite a while before this. And I'll fit that into my little story later, but it's this multi-step process. I moved from, from that mindset Um, at one point an anti MLM video, I think it was, um, Oh, I can't remember who it was, but it popped up on my, on my, uh, suggested on YouTube and I'd never typed anything in. So like props to you, shout out to YouTube for, um, getting me out of a cult. (laughs) Um, I I ignored that video recommendation for quite a while. Um, but was it TC Suarez that popped up as your recommendation? No, I found it in mine for a while and I've also ignored it. I was like, I found CC Suarez through um, this other girl and I can, I remember her name every other time I need to. And for some reason I just can't right now. Um, And I actually, the first time I watched her, it was, she was like, she's a little bit more, I don't want to say like abrasive, but just a little bit more like blunt and honest. Um, I'm scrolling through trying to see if I can find her really quick. Um, Cause she does have a great channel. Um, well, if it comes to you. Yeah, if it comes to me, I'll... I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I like to shout out it. all of the creators, like, as I think of them, just because, you know, I think it's important yeah. to have multiple places where you can hear, like, people's thoughts about it, because it was honestly... It Kiki Chanel. Oh, okay, yeah. I haven't she listened said. to her yet, but I should. Yeah, um, well, she's just, she's, like, very blunt and very honest and, like, very, like, never been in an MLM, which I like. I like the different perspectives, but I really love Cece Suarez and... Um, some of the other because they've been in an MLM, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they have like maybe not more compassion, but they just have more understanding around it, like Deanna Mims, um, and Savannah Marie. I love them because they've they've been in MLMs and they understand where we're coming from. So right, exactly. Yeah. I right. I feel we, like you should jump into your story yeah. because oh. we could just chat and go on side tangents forever, oh my God, forever. <laughs> let's start with your story and then if we need to do another episode another day to like just chat we oh, can totally. oh we could do like side we could do entire episodes on like every faction of <laughs> of this um and that's what's so great about this is that we can do that 
Um, yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I was in MLMs for accumulatively about six years. Um, I, Plexus was my first MLM. I joined when I was 20 years old. Uh, looking back on it, I realized that there was a big gap in my life, even though I didn't really realize it at the time. Um, I had been in organized sports my entire life. My entire, from the time I was five years old, I was playing PV basketball at the YMCA. I had been a part of a team for my entire life. I had been, I've always loved women coming together. Like that's, and I've, I've struggled with relationships with, with women, not that I can't connect with them, but like, I've just had some really shitty women in my life. And actually yeah. it was <laughs> shitty girls. It was like girl stuff, you know, like Mama. that we all struggle with, you know, I just couldn't find like my people. Um, so here I am, I've already gone through um, some of nails, a hair school and I switched to doing nails. I finished, got my nail license, working in a salon. I'm a nail technician by trade. Um, working in the salon, a really catty salon. So, you know, I go from this like structured, organized team atmosphere to like being just thrown into the real world in a catty salon um, where I just, again, still didn't feel like I fit in. I was missing that team morale. Um, and then one of, um, and the girl who got me into the first MLM, she's actually no longer in MLMs. I adore her. I love her, but I'm going to speak about the presence of her, um, as I was seeing it in real time. She's not in MLMs anymore. It's not who you think it is. Oh, that's not who. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the girl that got me in was a girl I went to high school with. The girl that I followed to Lime Life was above her. Oh, okay. Yes. So the one who was, I really considered my upline um, because the girl that got me in wasn't ever like always the most consistent. Um, and so I just, and also I really bonded with a girl above her. Um, so that's who you're thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the girl that got me in, super popular in high school. Like she was the girl that went to all the parties that like I wasn't invited to. <laughs> And the parties I really wanted to be invited to that like half of my team was going to, but like I wasn't allowed to go um, because high school drama. So when she reached out to me and was like, I think you'd be really good at this. I was like, oh, oh. My God, I'm part of the cool girl club now. <laughs> yes. Um, no, now you're girl. part of the scammed girl club. Yes. <laughs> So little did I know that she also was going through her own stuff and had been manipulated into this. Mm -hmm. um, so I always say that I was like manipulated by proxy. Like I was, she, <laughs> we are like always, there's a certain level where you realize what's going on. And then below that, you're just doing what your upline told you to do. Right. And that's what my, like my direct upline was doing. She was doing what she was told to do. She had met the girl who I would then follow in a mom's group, didn't even actually know her. So that's how I got roped in. Um, I consider myself a fairly educated person. I am smart. I have, you know, common sense, but there was a really big hole in my life. I was happy in my relationship, but there was a hole. I wanted friends. I really wanted friends. I crave community and that's what got me in. Um, so I'll just kind of fast forward so that you and I can kind of dive into stuff a little bit later. Um, I was in Plexus for almost three years. Um, and then upline number two, um, upline number one had kind of stepped out and 
just wasn't really in the picture that much. Um, so upline number two, who I connected with, um, sent me the shocking message that she was leaving. Um, and I was actually hadn't really posted anything in like months at this point. I was wanting to leave, but was afraid. Wait, to leave. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. You need to go back and tell all of the other stories before you get to leaving, I think. You think so? Yeah. Like you need to go to convention. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that was like our two groups, like that was like a weird dynamic too. Like when we all went out together, like, did you feel like that was a weird dynamic? Cause there was somebody in that group. I don't remember who it was, but like there was somebody in that group and I was like, I need to get out of here. Like I, I'm getting mean girl vibes. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, Vegas was really tough for me. That was, um, I, I still love and adore the person who I roomed with there, but um, we have learned that we can't room with each other. <laughs> um, so we did not when, cause we both were, had moved to Limelight together. Um, we did not room together on that trip because of how poorly <laughs> Vegas went. Um, okay, yeah, so my, you may have to jog my memory a little bit to go into detail on things cause my memory doesn't fully serve me as far as details because I wasn't writing things down at that point. Lime right. life, I have a lot more of like specific things because I realized what was going on and I was like writing stuff down. Um, so um, just a little bit of back information on me and Emma. We're not like, so in our pyramid, she's on a different leg than me. Like we're not even like really related to each other's teams so um, I think even all the way up we didn't have the same upland like all the way up I think that we had the same top do we have oh, we had the very same top okay like yeah. and so that's what they call like a corporate leg for anyone who's not familiar like yeah. someone who is like directly under corporate and they're like top of the top triple unicorn diamond <laughs> garbage <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and we were both quite a ways down from that so if you're looking at, like you said, like the pyramid, you have the person who's at the very top. And then it just start, started branching out and we were like on completely opposite sides, but yeah. still somehow found each other. <laughs> yeah, I think the- I think it was in her group. I think it was yeah, in her group. I'm not sure exactly like what made us connect and like talk to each other. Maybe it was some sort of stupid challenge or something and we got I paired think together. It was, I think it was a challenge. Yeah, we're yeah. supposed to find a, an accountability buddy from um, yeah. another leg because they didn't want us having accountability partners that like, uh, like mattered <laughs> like it, it wasn't supposed to be someone above you or below you because then you would be swayed to like they wanted it to be someone who completely was not like in your lineage basically right. um right. and just to make new connections because that's what cults do right so <laughs> I think that we both had kind of similar like awe shocking experiences at the convention where we were like oh my god this is fantastic like really oh like god. just bathed in the kool-aid having like twelve thousand plus people in one room crying and like streaming and I'm sitting there and I'm like oh I wish the rest of my team was here and I'm getting ready to kind of record it and they're like don't record this people who didn't show up don't deserve this information and I'm like yeah <laughs> oh man yeah it um I I do remember like the just feeling like oh man I belong like 
Yeah. I belong and this is where I'm supposed to be. These are my people. You like my heart was just so full and it was so I was excited and like re-energized. And then, you know, then they pay uh Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> we had Kelly Clarkson come and do a private concert for us. And yeah. it um it really it did its job. Yeah. Initially it it did its job. It it reinvigorated me. It put a fire under my butt again it got me excited um of course it wasn't years later until years later that I realized like all of the cult tactics that were used there and um, then, I, sorry me and you okay. after convention we ran a group to try to help people qualify for whatever a leader retreat was coming up next that like you could earn and that group just totally crashed and burned. <laughs> the amount of trips that I have attempted to run for and never been able to get. <laughs> they're like, oh, this is a free trip. It's like, except for like all of the countless hours and like even your own money that you're spending to try to like qualify each month. Because it's usually like a six month period of time that you have to get a certain amount of sales, get a certain amount of new recruits. Um, I mean, the amount of time never in a million years would I was like, ever even close. <laughs> and I, you know, I was, I was like halfway up the compensation plan and I still couldn't get these trips. Like, yeah. So I would say convention certainly did its job. I still have like very vivid memories of like running into my uplines for like the first time and like taking pictures with them and they're like celebrity status. Like, I almost cried when I met the sisters. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I almost cried. <laughs> I don't think I even got to meet them. Yeah. No, that, that was, <laughs> I still have pictures. <laughs> when I think back to that, I just, like, I think back to how like obsessed we were with them. And like one day I got to like get on a call with them and I was like oh my god they're making time for me like they said little old name <laughs> <laughs> just little old me <laughs> oh man yeah. and um Plexus is a health and wellness company and they were both nurses so yeah. I felt like that helped to like legitimize the company to me totally. because like why would nurses support this business if it was trash and it's it is it's so misleading and I I have my own guilt around that when we get into my lime life story because I'm a makeup artist and I full disclosure use that to my advantage um I didn't fully realize it at the moment I did believe in my product so I try to look back with some compassion thinking like oh like maybe they just really believed in their product and they you know were just using what they thought but like I said earlier, there's a certain level you get to where you start realizing what's going on and you either choose to act upon it or you choose to stay. Right. So compassion kind of goes out the window at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, so I had been on the products consistently for most of that three years. Um, I'd say two and a half years. The last six months I hadn't been posting. I hadn't really been taking my products because I really wasn't feeling very good mm -hmm. um I'd say after convention there was like a good six months no actually I'd say probably a year because they did that in like June right yeah and I left 
the following the following at uh, the following april so it wasn't quite a year it was probably six months after the convention we were pumped up we were fired despite some of the like kind of catty stuff that happened when we were there and that uh, it's hard for me to speak to that without kind of going into more if that makes you know what I mean yeah, like no, I get what you're saying and also yeah. like I don't want to like drag people right yeah and you know some people's per- personalities just clash and I think yeah. that's really what it came down to um and also I think that something that we didn't even think about is like we're all each other's competition and we're like trying to force these friendships totally like besties because like we have this thing in common but in reality we're all competing against each other so there's like so when when you get a more competitive type who maybe recognizes that in with people who like maybe we were a little bit more naive to that at the beginning um, I think that's maybe where some of the, the dynamic was, was off. Um, and I think, I think it really just comes down to conflicting personalities and trying to like mesh people together who aren't supposed to be meshed together. Yeah. Um, yeah, that certainly played a factor, um, that, you know, same friend I actually haven't talked to since I really left that much, but, um, you know just try to stay in good graces but (laughs) (laughs) I I actually felt really alone on that trip um the friend that she loved to go out and party and she was going and like meeting all these higher ups and I'm not a competent traveler and I don't want to go out in Vegas by myself like she just would sort of like take off and go do things and I'd be like I don't even know how to get back to my hotel and like my signal sucks here and like <laughs> so I'd find my way back to the hotel and I would just like stay in my room and like sometimes I'd just stay in my room and cry and <laughs> but then the next day I'd get all pumped up because you know you have 13 12 13,000 people cheering in a room and the next night I'd be in my, night, my room crying because I'm alone again <laughs> well also so like I was exhausted from the oh. travel time too and I think that really messed with me and yeah. like my emotions as well so we came from the east coast I mean so yeah. you have like and you have like no time to adjust to any time zones you have no time to you basically get there you register unless you could afford to go a couple days ahead of time which of course we couldn't because I used every penny I had to go on this stupid trip um yep. yeah <laughs> I drained um, my savings account on that trip ten thousand dollars yeah drained it oh my god oh wow it might have been a little bit less than that but like I I can I I would just say it's it's ten thousand at this point wow I would say between my two conventions it was probably close to that um yeah it was it was it's weird it's weird to look back and be like how did you not see all that adding up? How did you not? It's like, it's a business write-off. Yep. <laughs> Which is still like barely understand how that works. We ourselves in the amount of things that we were told we were allowed to write off. <laughs> I worry about that sometimes, but we're not going to go into that. <laughs> nobody explains these things. I wish that. Um, actually, no, someone, somebody did explain it. Somebody did explain it. It was a person who left their... Um, accountant job to be a plexus ambassador was the person who wrote the list of all the things that we should write off a former tax professional is the person who wrote the fraudulent list of all the things that we were allowed to write off 
I don't think I ever actually got eyes on that list. I can't remember if that was Plexus or if that was Lime Life, but at some point I know there was a list that was made by someone who left their like accounting tax professional job, um, tax accounting job, and like made this list of all the things we were supposed to write off and... (laughs) (laughs) We're just like making no faces at each other. Um... (laughs) We're just like shaking our heads like... Uh, okay continue continue yeah no so um you were talking about how you weren't feeling well um and you were kind of getting like weren't taking the products as consistently yeah so I just really could feel my anxiety and depression sort of slipping back into place now I I think I in some degree always struggled with anxiety and depression I have ADHD um, along with a handful of, you know, other mental health things that kind of come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, I had never really realized or vocalized or been like outspoken about it until I was selling something that could fix it, right. <laughs> fix. And I, I'm using air quotation marks here, fix it. Um, because it never really did. Um, I think for a while it made me feel better. Um, and this is the thing I want to get into is I don't think all MLM products are complete scams. I think there are, you know, I think probiotics can be a good thing. I think that, you know, chromium supplements can be a good thing. I think that, you know, there's some makeup, you know, makeup brands where the makeup's not bad, but then it's the business practice behind it. It's how unethical the company is, the distributors, um, how, how much they market up. So I do want to go in to say that I think taking care of my body taking a probiotic, working out all the time because I had this unhealthy need to need to fit the image of what a healthy person looked like, Mm -hmm. um, which I think probably did play into my eating disorder later on. Um, Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it it also ties into, you know, this is all happening at the same time that some family trauma was going on, but when you're in that mindset and all your uplines look this certain way and they talk about like, I, I still remember this. Um, and to this day, <laughs> I remember one of the uplines being like, well, I was just sick and tired of my boobs sitting on my stomach. And so I decided to change. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so it's, it's things like that, that like when you're in a specifically a health and wellness company, you do feel pressure to look a certain way. Um, and I can't even imagine how people who are like in Beachbody or something when they're like, they're selling workouts, how that, I mean, how traumatizing that must be. Yeah. Um, and I just noticed I wasn't feeling it. Like when I actually stepped out of like the whole selling piece, I think I was getting some burnout, which in, ended up being a good thing for me because when I stepped out of the excitement and I stepped out of the bubble, I realized I really wasn't feeling as good as I said I was. Yeah. Um, and I, it's hard for me to kind of look back and pinpoint where that actually changed or if I ever was, or if I was just really wrapped up in the excitement and I had this new and exciting thing that kind of got me out of my mindset a little bit. Um, I think the depression and anxiety for sure, were still always there. Uh, so I kind of stopped taking the products. And when I did, um, those of us who are out now, I don't know if you have heard it referred to, but like plexus withdrawals. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you talked about that. You actually ended up weaning yourself off, right? 
Yeah, I, yeah. so yeah, I, um, I had completely stopped just by like happenstance. I like, kind of like you, like you just kind of fall out of it. Like I had stopped selling. I just wasn't really in it anymore. My schedule changed, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Actually, it wasn't when COVID first started. It, I was on the products for that long. Um, wow. That's crazy. Oh my God. But I was still using like backstores and backstores of product because of how much I was garage qualifying. Oh, um, throwing it all away. I couldn't even sell it for like 50% off. I couldn't, I mean, they couldn't move it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when I stopped taking it, I had like really intense, like uh, trigger warning here suicidal ideations, um, where I, like, I looked at my fiance and we had literally just gotten engaged. We had just, um, put an offer in on a house. And I was like, I have no reason to be upset right now. Like what is going on? Like everything in my life is going so good. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And it was the, so scary. It was so scary. Cause I was like, how do I not want to be here anymore when I have all these good things going on? it's, it's a scary, it's a scary place to be. It's a scary and sad thing to have to process. Mm-hmm. Um, my timeline is pretty similar. I also stopped taking the products and like lost my excitement around everything um, heading into fall and winter. So here, you know, on, in the Northeast, winters are long, (laughs) they're dark, they're cold. Um, Seasonal, you know, depression is a very real thing that a lot of people go through, whether you have like clinical depression, clinical anxiety, a lot of people suffer from seasonal depression. We don't get enough vitamin D. It's, it's just kind of sucks. (laughs) Winter is not most people's favorite thing around here. Um, It's a vinaigrette kind of situation. (laughs) Yeah, everything sort of just kind of came together. And I was like, man, I just, it took, I'd say about four to six weeks. And I didn't realize at the time about the whole withdrawal thing. And so I just, I stopped them cold turkey. (laughs) Um, It was a really, really rough couple of months. Um, I was not myself at all. Um, Eventually my body sort of returned to some sense of normalcy, but it was still winter at that point. So I was still just kind of feeling low wasn't posting. And that's when upline two um, reached out to me to tell me that she was leaving. Yeah. And in April, I followed her. Yeah. Um, after that, I learned from, so there was a whole group of us that left Plexus and went to Lime Life because that's what happens when leaders leave. Half their team follows them and the other team crumbles and this, they now they grow really quick at this other company because they already have. So when you see people like just starting this, they left one company and went to a new one and they have this instant success. It's because like half of their team followed them. Yeah. Um, they didn't actually like put in the legwork to like, anyway, um, I was informed by multiple people who had left that it, there was information put out by the person who created ProBio5. Um, so what happens with a lot of these companies is they don't actually formulate and create their own product. They go to like these trade shows and they buy the rights to products. So the guy who created ProBio5 had put out a statement. He no longer owned the rights to it, but he was the one who created, formulated it. It was not intended to be taken for more than four months at a time. And we were on it for three or four years. Three or four years. 
so what comes into play here is at convention, they announced a new formula of Plexus Slim. Those of us who had been on ProBio5 for a year or more had really bad reactions with, uh, I can't remember, it was the original Slim had chromium in it. They added something prebiotic. There was prebiotics in the new formula of Slim. And when you add the prebiotics into a gut that has had these probiotics, it's a very intense probiotic. There's, there are probiotics that you can take consistently throughout time. It's just knowing which is which um, and being informed. These ones were not intended to be taken for more than four months at a time. It's supposed to be like a gut reset, um, especially when you're taking it with bio cleanse, <laughs> um, which is a magnesium supplement, which is a magnesium supplement. Right. Um, and I'm not sure all the science behind it. I just know that I was not informed that I should not have been taking it like that because it didn't benefit the people above me if I wasn't buying my products every month. Right. Exactly. If you, and- if you are a nurse, so we're getting back to the reason we idolize these people is the reason that we got sick. Yeah. We trusted them. We put everything, you know, we put them on a pedestal and they could do no wrong. Um, and it ended up really hurting some people. Um, I, I know, I know multiple people who are like, had it way worse than I did anyway. Um, I had a friend who, you know, again, trigger warning. She, she did almost follow through. Wow. Um, Yeah. It's, it's really and to think that a company bought a product knowing that and has their, it's nowhere in the literature that says that. No. It's nowhere in the trainings. It's no, no, because if you it, only buy your product for four months, you know. It's weird too, because so Accelerator, which I remember you were also taking, does have a warning on it that says not that to take does. it for more than a year. Um, Correct because and you're not they, they tell you not to take it for more than like three to four months because it is a stimulant yeah but it's not a prescribed stim- stimulant so like I am now on a stimulant um but my doctor and I monitor that and yeah. very close <laughs> a very close relationship and like before I can go get more we touch base about you know how I'm feeling and what you know so of course I felt great on the stimulant because for ADHD <laughs> right that, that checked on my boxes not only was it suppressing my appetite um it was giving me energy it was helping with my anxiety my depression and, and if anything I think it was the accelerator that was helping more than probiot than you know triplex yeah um so the accelerator my brain needed yeah yeah it's 5-HTP and so yeah. that's a chemical that I believe is created in your brain um I'm thinking brain versus stomach. Um, And um, that's, if you take it for too long, your body stops learning how to create it is the way I understand it. Again, not a doctor. (laughs) That is, that is what I was told. So they did at least tell you that. And this is what would happen is I would follow those instructions. I would only take it for, you know, three or four months at a time. And then I would stop taking it (laughs) for a month or two. And I just had low, low lows. Um, I became really dependent yeah. on that product. Um, more so, you know, when I decided I was going to maybe leave or I was just going to buy like two years worth of accelerator and then like cancel my account. 
Yeah. I wasn't going to continue with ProBio 5. I was like, yeah, you know, it's okay, but it's not like, it was, I was hooked on Accelerator. Yeah. And because again, for ADHD and stimulants, like, I don't know if I can talk about what I'm on now, but like the stimulant I'm on now, like I'm a whole different person. Like I'm the person that like in my brain I knew was there, but I just like couldn't like couldn't show up as who I want to be. We don't demonize prescribed medications. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm on on Vyvanse and I love it. Um, It's, it's really changed. The last six months have been a breath of fresh air that I have not felt in probably a decade. Um, When I was on it before in high school. (laughs) So, you know, it really, I wish my brain could. And so let's get in, let's get into the part that for me was the most detrimental. Um, is the mindset that comes from not just the physical, Mm -hmm. but the, when it comes to mental, when it comes to big pharma, when it comes to doctors. Um, so even after I left and I was on the hate plexus train, cause I was in this new, more awesome company that was like, (laughs) (laughs) I still remember I was sitting in the TJ Maxx parking lot the day I decided. And I called, you were like one of the first people I called. Yeah. And I was like, I'm leaving. I just wanted to let you know, I'm going to this awesome makeup company. And you're like, am I not doing makeup? I was like, I wasn't trying to recruit you. I was like, yes, I was. <laughs> do you know me? I don't even know how to put on mascara. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm no, I'm just calling to let you know. And like, no, yes, I was trying to recruit you, obviously. Because um, <laughs> I didn't want to just be plexi besties. I wanted to be cult besties. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so even after I left, um, and this is something I noticed when I left Lime Life, and I think it's, it's an industry thing, just as much as it is a company thing. Um, and that is like the war on anything not MLM. It's the war on corporate America. It's the war on big pharma. It's the war on the government. It's the war on doctors. Uh, this mindset had been instilled in me. Mm-hmm that if I went to the doctor and asked for help, if I got on medication, that like I was giving in, I was letting them win. Yep. I left three years ago is when I left Plexus. When I, when I got on my medication was three years since I had left. That was about six months ago took me three years yeah to reach out for help and I just like in those three years not only do I think the products created a dependency in my brain Mm -hmm. but it also created this stigma around reaching out for help right because even though I didn't believe in those products anymore my brain was still trained and manipulated to think again, if I reached out for help, that my body was broken if I couldn't fix it myself. Right. And because I couldn't do it naturally, I couldn't keep up with a routine. I couldn't keep eating clean. And even when I did, it didn't fix it. Um, it took me three years and it was a really, really long and dark three years. Um, and that's why I say when I, you know, the last six months that I've been on my medication, I, I'm the person who I was before I joined an MLM and it's not 
necessarily because of the products. It's not, it's because of the fact that for the last six years, I refused to get help. Right. I refused to get help because it was still engraved into my brain that like I was letting them win. Don't trust doctors. This is coming from nurses, by the way. Yeah. Um, don't trust doctors. Don't trust big pharma. Like you can fix it naturally. So even though the product was no longer there, the mindset stayed with me. Right. Yeah. Really, really, really dangerous. Yeah. Um, the same thing happened in my next company when it came to, well, actually both companies combined, but when I left my last company, um, even after I left and I realized like it took me six months to come to terms with getting a real job again. Even after I left, I was thinking to myself, you have to find something else to do from home. You can't let them win. Yeah. You can't go back to work. Can't go to a job. Job. I can't be just over broke. Like (laughs) the mindset is what sticks with you, and that's what I wanted to speak to. Is just how it's not just brainwashing into these are the best products ever. Yeah. Because even once you leave, the products are gone. The people are gone. What they imprint in your brain and how they warp it is probably the scariest piece that I've experienced with all of this. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I think we could probably do an entire episode on <laughs> mental health and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, the brainwashing. Oh, we totally can. <laughs> <laughs> I would super, I would be down for that. Um, my next company I was in for three years. Um, not a whole lot of specific drama that I can remember. Um, I do also have a tendency to like block things out, but <laughs> um, I'll just kind of breeze through that because I think my exit is probably more important than while, you know, while I was in there, we can go into depth some time on actual practices and whatnot. But yeah, um, I was in Limelife for three years. Um, I was a makeup artist. I did pretty well. I sold a shit ton. Um, but that doesn't matter in an MLM because you can sell, you can be the top seller every single month and be at the bottom of the company. Yeah. Uh, because if you can't recruit more people to join you, um, at some point I started feeling off about it. I actually tried to leave twice and got talked into staying. Um, they knew exactly the little target points to hit me on is that I love community and I love feeling needed. Um, so right when, as I was going to leave, I'd get offered to host a training. <laughs> I'd get offered to host a team call. I'd, I'd be asked to go live in the big team page, like the big team page where thousands and thousands of people. Um, and I'd be talking to hundreds of people and all these events we would do, we would do these like makeup events where we'd go through, it's like a, like a hour long Facebook live. Um, it was like a, the Facebook events. Yeah. Um, and I would be the person to go live and demonstrate the makeup because I'm a makeup artist and um, I would just, I'd get roped back into doing it because I felt very special and very important and I felt connected to my community. Um, and then I'd go, you know, three months without hearing from anyone. <laughs> I just need to say also everyone needs to know that like, not only are you like a makeup artist and you're good, but like, you're fucking amazing. Like you would do like these Halloween, like whole face 
crazy makeup things that were insanely good. So like, you weren't just like this run of the mill, like average makeup artist. You, you're actually very good. <laughs> Thank you. I, I really hope to get back into it someday, but um, unfortunately the pressure to have to do that all the time really spoiled it for me. I don't find that much joy in doing makeup anymore. Um, and it breaks my heart um, because professionally I did it like special occasion makeup. I would do brides and proms and photo shoots. Um, it was really something that at one time brought me a lot of joy and a lot of happiness. Um, and then I got my own creative outlet. I did a lot of special effects makeup on myself, which was what you were talking about. Um, I just, it honestly almost triggers me to do it anymore, which is really sad because uh. At one time, it was something that brought me so much joy. But when there's this pressure to do it all the time, mm -hmm. even if I wasn't doing it because I was so overwhelmed, it was the guilt from not doing it on top of that that like added to it. Just like with posting, like I wasn't the most consistent with posting, but my guilt for not posting was always there. <laughs> yep. That's actually how I feel about this podcast is that yeah. I want to make it very clear. This is a passion project. This is not like, I don't make money from this. Um, like maybe one day I'll run ads so I can like get a microphone or something. Yeah. Like I'll save the pennies to get better yeah. equipment. But like. But it's serving you. It's going to serve you for as long as it serves you. And the right, people exactly. need to serve. And if yeah. for whatever reason, I don't post episodes for months on end and then all of a sudden I get back into it, then that's totally fine. And, and that's right. kind of what I've told myself um so the fact that we even have to convince ourselves that that's okay yeah just sort of speaks to <sighs> you always had to show up for for everyone else right well you I catch myself with other people's stuff, stuff. like yeah. other anti-am creators like I've blasted through all of their content and then I'll be like why didn't they Oh my god, I hope oh, they're probably yeah. being human, Danielle. Like, yeah. relax. Like, the note of disappointment when, like, your favorite podcast or favorite YouTube channel skips a week. Yeah. <laughs> like, when did we all start feeling so entitled to everybody else's time? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm guilty of feeling that way too. I'm like super bummed. One of my favorite podcasts didn't post this week, and I was like, what no <laughs> it's like this true crime mysteries I'm like there's so many things going on now that I need you guys to talk about <laughs> oh I know especially with the case that's going on right now I know, I know. Um, I've not even into like true crime stuff but it's all over my TikTok like I can't it's, it's everywhere it. it's and everywhere. I'm like really interested now now I'm like now we're getting into yeah. job, but I don't care. <laughs> um like the conspiracy theories about the case too oh my gosh I'm like Oh, I'm over, I'm all over it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I just, I just, when I look back, I just see this young person who had a really big hole missing in her heart and slithered its way in. And, <laughs> you know, six years later, here I am, you know, still trying to recover from the mindset, still trying to not get triggered by things all the time um it's it seems harmless when you're like oh I'm just gonna sell leggings I'm just gonna sell makeup I'm just gonna help people get healthy <laughs> um it really seems harmless but that's because it if you're there long enough even if you're not but if you're there long enough if you're like a long hauler the industry as a whole not even the specific companies the companies as well but the industry as a whole 
it just, it takes the person that you once were, whether that person was complete or not, <laughs> or whether you felt complete or not. And it temporarily fills a void and then also fills your head with a bunch of toxic sludge. <laughs> yeah. And when you leave, not only is that hole open back up that, you know, cause it was never actually fulfilling anything. Um, it wasn't actually making you whole. Um, it was just temporarily serving a purpose. Not only are you left with that hole still there. So I felt a real lack of community when I left because I had hadn't ostracized all my friends, but I put a lot more effort into my online um, network marketing friends. So when that door was closed, I lost that. Um, and I'm sure, you know, once I start speaking out, I'll really feel the full effects of that. And that's okay. It's taken me six months to get to a point where I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay with that. But there's the mindset that's left behind. And I'm sure there's things years to come that are going to pop up. And I'm like, wait, that's not actually a belief that I have. Yeah. <laughs> that's, honestly, that's not me. Yeah. Honestly, like part of like, once you showed me, um, all of the stuff. I think uh, Roberta Blevins, My Life After MLM was the first thing I binged all the way through. Um, and I am obsessed with her. So. Did you watch the hockey series? Yes. Yes, yeah. I did. Everyone needs to watch Lula Rich. It also, I watched um, Betting on Zero. Yes. Um, that one. I watched that one on YouTube. That one I didn't like as much because it was so numbery and I was just like, oh. It was very analytical. It was very green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was for green personalities <laughs> yeah um but yeah I think that speaking out immediately like once was really part of my deprogramming because also so when I got into my third MLM Arbonne part of the way I talked myself into doing Arbonne was because I was trying to lose weight and I was like oh well I'll have to be a product of the product to do this and I'll have to like you know like if I do this it'll be good for me because it will keep me accountable because I'll have to be posting about it and I, like you know I have to be it so part of my deprogramming process was the same way I was like well if I post it I can't go back I can't go back to another one because there I um, and getting married in four months. And I was very concerned. I wasn't going to fit into my dress. And I was like, well, if I just do this, um, I'm not going to, well, actually I will say, it. I really thought about doing Octavia because I knew I would lose the weight, but it's so unhealthy. Nobody do it. Listen to my podcast uh -huh. with, I, mm, who, who was it? I think it was Ashley. It was my first episode with a person on it. I have a close <laughs> family member who's in that right now. Yeah, I do too. And, and like, I know how bad it is. I know how bad it is. And I still thought about it. Like, I still thought about it, even though I'm out. It's like the something thing, I battle like once a week. I'm like, I have just do it. Thought about doing to lose weight. <laughs> yeah. Because of the mindset that was instilled in me are horrifying. Yeah. Like <laughs> Octavia, um, I think like it's having you eat between like 500 and a thousand calories a day. Oh my God. Sorry. Which, like, yes, right now my jaw is literally on the floor. Yeah. Like 1200 calories is like what my fitness pal will default to. And that's like enough to feed my 50 pound dog. Um, yeah. 
so like diet culture thank you so much thank you so much (laughs) that's just like the thing is like these companies speak about women empowerment but they're like perpetuating this diet culture and it's like you're not breaking any cycles here you're not empowering anyone you're feeding into and if you really want to get into like women empowerment versus like breaking out of misogyny like you're literally playing right into it right like this is not feminism this is not women empowerment like you were literally playing right into and it's not that they're I just also want to say like there's it's not bad to have goals it's not bad to like want to get healthier it's the way that they do it right Right. So speaking of women empowerment, there was somebody who posted something that was like, if you're in an MLM, you're not empowering women. And I was in an MLM at the time and I was so pissed. I was like, if you You don't support women who feel empowered, no matter what they're doing, like, how do you support women empowerment? Blah, 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 blah. You're a woman. And now I'm like, no, no, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Like, no, no, like, like part of me is like, yeah, like, I get it. Like, you do feel empowered a lot of ways in an MLM, but false empowerment, it's false empowerment. And you're empowered by making money off the backs of other women, like, right. (laughs) And you're being encouraged to because you were making someone else money. I mean, it, it goes down and it goes up. Right. Um, Wow. Yeah. It's, I do remember uh, Facebook memories are the worst. The worst. <laughs> when I, the one I posted the other day, my cringe oh, post. I don't, yes, I did. Yes. Oh my God. The Plexus one. Yep. Oh my God. I've had a few pop up recently and I'm just like mortified. I'm like, I, oh, I know. And like, like shout out to everyone who stuck with me and didn't block me on Facebook. <laughs> like y'all would really love me and I super appreciate that yeah but like people were like like I posted like a throwback picture like post and I like said like this post makes me cringe like da 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 um and then I talked about the podcast um but like people were laugh reacting to it and I was like stop laugh like I was like offended like people were like laugh reacting at the post and I was like I don't think people realize like, yeah, I'm trying to make light of it. So like, I get why people are laughing because you see the word cringe and you think funny. Right. Um, but no, like I cringe, like I'm so mortified and I don't think people realize like, that's what I mean. Like I am mortified that I was in multi-level marketing for 10 years. Wow. And like people, like, I think they forget. Yes. Wow. I'm a human. <laughs> and I'm upset with myself. It's it's a lot to move through. It's a lot to process. And I think unless we're very clear and concise on that, like that's where the education piece is going to come in. Yeah. Um, and that's something I'm excited to, you know, now that I'm feeling more comfortable about speaking out, that you we can educate people on that because it's not just like oh ha 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 you were in like a cult for a little while like yeah. like you were in like direct sales like how spammy of you like no yeah. like dude this is deep rooted brain altering yeah oh that was something I wanted I to talk about with you actually was the word cult how did you first react when you heard somebody call multi level marketing a cult I laughed. Like said, if this is a cult, then that's what I want to be in a cult. Yeah. I had never heard like it that. called a cult until 
anti-MLM and when I like first said it I was like oh like or first heard it I was like oh haha like over exaggeration but like I get where you're going with this and now like the more and more in I am or in anti-MLM I am I'm like oh my god yeah so let me let me speak to that because that's a big part of my the reason I did end up deciding to leave um yes so back in the plexus days and even even in lime life um there was in plexus anyways there was very specific and targeted and i think it was um probably not the big big team page but the sisters team page um there was a lot of dialogue and counter information about cults um because there was a woman who left and was paying for google advertisements to talk shit about plexus and she was like and so she was saying that they were a cult and so there was some counter information put out I never went and read her website that was like you didn't do that you didn't open your don't open yourself up to haters right you know they're just gonna crush your mindset and you're better than that um but there was in case people did go and read her stuff this blog she had um there was some stuff and it was like we're not a cult like we you have, you know, freedom to come and go, you know, I guess it was more spoken than it was like a graphic or something. I just remember it being a not like talked about on a team call. And then one of my uplines said, well, if this is a cult, then sign me up for more. Like if this is a cult, then are cults really that bad? Yeah. Because aren't you having a great time here? Right. That should have been my first red flag. Um, it was not. <laughs> um, that statement was made time and time again. Um, I wasn't exposed to that. I don't know why I missed it. Yeah. Honestly, there were so many pages that I was so When did you join though, Plexus? Um, Mine was like spring of 2016, I think. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm just, I'm wondering if it was very brief amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, maybe it hadn't spread to like your team page. I think this woman might've been in the downline of like my lineage. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't, I don't know, but I do remember it being addressed. Um, I, I remember did- when you guys all left, there was so, I wish that I had the screenshots from that. Like, I wish I like sent you the screenshots of the like well actually I think you might have saw some of it because you left after your girls left um so you might have saw some of that because they were scared they were yeah upline two had a very big she was uh, emerald yeah she was emerald that's like top three ranks of the company yeah um yeah, and she very quickly promoted in the next company because of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the cult thing never really came up again until, like, somebody had, like, in our team chat, like, somebody would screenshot being like, look at this idiot saying that, like, this is a cult. Like, people might comment something, like, you're in a cult on, like, someone's Facebook page, and, like, the person would screenshot it, put it into the team chat, and we'd all laugh at the person for thinking that we're a cult, which is, like, very funny because we just did, like, a cult behavior. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> And that's when the comment again was made, like, well, if this is a cult, then like, where do I find more? Like, yeah. 
Um, and again, still red flag wasn't seen. Um, it wasn't until, okay, so I left in 2000, I left in 20, well, I stopped in 2020. I didn't leave until 2021. Um, 2020. So it was 2019. I was watching, um, now I love, I'm, I'm going to preface this with, I am open-minded to what now is maybe a more triggering topic, conspiracy theories. Now I'm talking conspiracy theories light. I'm talking like, are aliens real? Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> There are, you know, like I'm fascinated in like the previous like government mind control projects. I'm fascinated in, um, you know, just I call it conspiracy light now because like word conspiracy is so such a heavy trigger topic now. Like, again, I'm talking like the stuff that you could laugh about. Yes, that I could laugh about and maybe even more serious things, but like I never fully leaned one way or the other. Um, so like when this documentary came out on A&E with Leah Remini about Scientology, like that's fascinating to me. I was like, whoa, like she's going to like blow the top off this. And I was into that series. I loved it. And it's a great series if anyone has not watched it. I have not. I need to watch it now. (laughs) Scientology is... I can't, I can't, I'll give you, I'll send you some stuff. Yeah. Uh, Netflix now, Netflix picked it up. Um, and then they have, so it's Scientology and the aftermath is the name of the show. There's like three or four seasons and they have interviews. They tell their stories. They interview other people who have left. Um, it's like Nexium times 10. It's- I'm actually listening to uh, a little bit culty right now, which yes. is um, about Nexium. Yep. Um, and now they have a podcast. Yes, that's what I'm listening to. Le- well, no, Leah Remini and... Um, and yeah, Nippy. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm listening to. No, and Matt, Matt uh, Mike Rinder. Oh. The guy she did the show with. Yes, there's another one. But oh. this one is Scientology. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, really good. Double add up too. <laughs> so I, I suggest the show first and then the podcast. Um, okay. As I'm watching this show, they start talking about certain types of like protective language and things that like, I can't even go back and specifically recall what it is now, but I was like, wait, that's kind of happening to me. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. When I tried to leave, that's what they did to me. (laughs) Wait a second. Wait a second. And I kept, I was like, so it's the same show that Roberta Blevins talked about that she watched the Scientology show when she was oh, yeah. like, whoa, this is happening to me. And I think a lot of people who are in MLMs um, and watched that realized, oh my God, I'm in a cult. Yeah. <laughs> now I didn't have that realization right away. I just knew that it felt icky to keep recruiting people after that. Yeah. And so for a year, I bailed the only person I recruited within that year is someone I had reached out to before I stopped recruiting who finally decided to, to join. Um, poor soul. <laughs> poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> yeah. Um, so fast forward to spring of 2020, the pandemic started and 
I had this group chat with some friends. Uh, we were all, you know, I had time to like actually sit down and like listen to all these conspiracy theories. And I'm talking like the Mandela effect, time travel, like again, conspiracy light, not like your <laughs> warnings for like the stuff that's going to come up yeah. and I, we could do a, we can do another whole, this deserves another whole podcast. Yeah. Um, but essentially that group, that chat turned into a group, which started out as for me and my friends and our close friends to like, talk about, um, aliens and, um, JFK and, like these things that like, is this the truth or is this not the truth? Mm-hmm. It turned into a QAnon group led by upline number two. I did not realize it at the time. I didn't even, I had never heard of QAnon. I didn't know what it was. I don't even um, think I really know what it was, but I know it's like not good. <laughs> so we're going to do, let's do a whole, let's schedule on the, a podcast because another episode I could spend an hour going into exactly what happened to me, um, how I watched it unfold, how I, anyway. Yeah. What I want to speak to is the mirrors here of how they're similar Mm -hmm. and why this is the catalyst that got me to leave. Um, So again, I'm in this group with my upline and some of my sidelines and it starts out with like, I've seen it happen in multiple different groups and they, they go in, um, they go in on like baseline topics and then they kind of get you a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I can go into detail on that. Essentially it got to the point where the information was so wacky. And I was like, cause at first I was like, oh my God, these are horrible things. Like Trigger warning, child sex trafficking is like a very real thing. I donate to ant like organizations that fight that every year. That's something that oh, strikes a chord in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give you little bits of information that are true, a little bit more, eh, kind of iffy, a little bit more. I can't find any information to back that up, but like this person was just on Facebook Live for two hours and like I, I you get to learn and trust them. And um, I started once we got to like, I explained it on levels and I'll go into that some other time. But once we got to like level five, where it was like, what are you even talking about? Is when I stepped out and I was like, yo, that's a cult. And then I was like, wait a second. Like my upline's still in that. (laughs) My my upline's still in that and brought like a bunch of our team into it. Oh my God. And that's when it dawned on me that like this person I put on a pedestal does not have all the answers. I trusted this woman with my business, with my finances. And she's over here like thinking that Katy Perry's a baby eater. Like, I still am at a loss for words when I talk about this. And that's why it took me so long to actually come out about it. Because I can't come out about my whole story without talking about QAnon. Yeah. Because it is the reason I left. It is the reason I saw that the person I entrusted with everything, my community, my my finances my business my personal development revolved around this person who was so easily sucked into this movement um and and i dare to say cult because it is at that point now and that's what made me realize at that moment i i had like these i explain it that 
I needed a breath of fresh air and I stepped back because it was too much information. And I like watched the ship sail away with my friends on it and like sink. <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's in that moment that I realized similar manipulation tactics were used on a much more rapid schedule. Like this happened in a matter of like a month and a half that these people were fully brought into this. But I could look back and say, wait, this guy who got on Facebook Live for two hours and was like, I'm gonna give you some information, but you guys are the leaders. You guys need to research. You guys need to do this. I'm empowering you to go do your, don't trust me. I don't want you to trust me. Go do your own research. Yeah, but whenever somebody says that, nobody ever does. No, (laughs) because by the end of this two hour live where they repeat over and over again, you're the knowledge seekers, you're the truth seekers, you're the next generation of of truth knowing, you go do the research. But for two hours, they're sitting here giving you all this information that's tugging at your heartstrings. And if somebody tells you to go fact check them, most people are just going to assume that they're facts. Now that's where I stepped out and I was like, wait, that's not a fact. (laughs) Wait, you're wrong. Wait, you can't prove that. Um, So anyway, I, I saw the relevance between that and what was happening in my MLM of empowering you and kind of, we'll do, we'll do a whole, po- whole podcast on that, but that was the yes. that got me to leave. Um, because I was like, wait, my upline isn't all that. Um, so that's when I took a step back. I decided I wasn't going to post anymore. I was just going to kind of order my products. Cause at that time, MLMs weren't bad. It was, I couldn't make it work still. Yeah. Um, and one thing led to another, I found MLM anti MLM channels learned all the knowledge <laughs> um and yeah I could I could do an hour-long podcast on each one of the factions of this <laughs> of this conversation because yes. the information that I learned I think we should do a whole podcast on that of like um income disclosure statements and I would love to yeah. do you, are you good at breaking down the bite model because that's something I say in every every episode that I want to do but like I like struggle with it um it's something I'm reading up on more and I've heard referenced a lot of times, but I'd like to get more familiar with it. Um, so maybe later like, in the future. Yeah, for sure. We can both do a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because right. when I hear other people speak to it, I'm like, oh my God, that's right on the dot. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to educate myself more so that we can kind of bring more awareness to that. But Yeah. All right. So for today, before I let you go, what was one positive takeaway from your time? in the cult my plexi bestie (laughs) (laughs) um positive takeaway my positive takeaway I guess would be I guess my eyes were opened to personal development now a lot of it was toxic personal development but that's something I've been able to continue to do since then I've found less culty ways to do it yeah um but I really have grown as a person and the experience as a whole is a learning lesson for me you know yeah. and I can go forward and you know use my platform to educate people going forward so friendships and uh life lessons I guess <laughs> love it all right everyone well definitely stay tuned hopefully we can record a second one really soon because I'd like to put them out back to back That'd be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, we'll catch you all next time. Bye.